Welcome to the Rugby League Apologists, where we make no apology for loving our rugby league, loving our sport, and loving the fact that the year's lowest scoring game might just have been the best. But as always, controversy reared its ugly head. Hello, boys. Speaking of ugly heads. Hey, boys. Hey, boys. Hey, hey young guys. Who, well, well. who is this controversy? Oh, it abounded, Sean. Controversy abounds. Ah. Sure does. Also a great Prince song. But, uh, yeah, tough. It's, uh, what is it, Groundhog Day again? You been busy, Mont, Parky? Yeah, flat out, mate, flat out. We lost a family member this week. Oh, so oh no. No, no, it's nothing like that. The young bloke moved out. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Celebration, mate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not for his mother. She's still in tears every five minutes. Oh, dear. Yeah. Is um, is is it a good time to move out? Like, is it is it you know? Uh, is it are there bargains out there or whatever or things like that in this sort of time? Well, you know, young Ty, um, he's won the lottery of life. I, that guy could fall over in the street and he'd land on a hundred buck note, I reckon. <laughs> uh, so he's he's gone for free down to his mate's place in Balmoral. Their parents are moving over to England, where um, Graham, the dad, St George, the border party. Oh, good uh, man. Has got a job at uh, Ernest & Young, EY, over there. Um, a big job. And keep James, their son, company. He's allowed to have two friends come over and live with him for the next five years. And one up with oh, five, 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 five Sorry. Hang on, get, it gets better. <laughs> this is foul moral, no rent, all bills paid, uh, and there's a cleaner <laughs> once a week. There's oh, their own bedroom. Sorry. Jesus. Is there a so, spare, I'm willing so, to pay rent if there's a spare room. <laughs> Very hard to argue with. So, oh, Marie, it, it, there's a cleaner as well. Yeah. <laughs> and a gardener once a month. Oh, my God. And and she's a Spanish sort of, you <laughs> yeah. know, Cons- Consuela. six-year-old. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. Good luck, boys. Uh, Good luck. Browning uh, uh, to Saxon and Ty. Good luck, boys. You've you won the lottery there. There's got to uh, be a movie in that. Tell them. They all, they all wore their matching manly hats and uh, manly uh, Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> there was quite a few pictures taken, and um, I, I believe their first night was an absolute cracker. <laughs> oh man, I can imagine. Oh, to be young and doing that—that's oh, good. Geez. Well, I'll tell you what, I got the Ugg boots on the tracky dacks back on after a summer's day yesterday. It must be freezing up where you are, Parky. Yeah, it is, mate. Yeah, yeah, winter's returned up here. Mm. Ten degree drop. It's crazy. Real it's going to kick back. It'll be back up on later on in the week, back to 27, and it's going up and down. Nice. We'd usually call call this flu season, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Uh, if you don't go outside, I suppose, you Sort of safe. Okay, boys, let's start the show. I'm going to throw it at you, Parky. Um, what caught your eye this week? What tickled your fancy? What raised your eyebrows? All right, boys, let's start off with the controversy. Let's go straight there. I reckon player of the game, Mitch Kenny. Mm. One minute, mm. one minute, he's crusher tackling Fergo. Fergo, oh. <laughs> who, who was in obviously a lot of pain, sprung up like a bloody springbok <laughs> and just... Went bazoing, kaboing, up at him, 
and there he was, right in his face and um, hassling him. So the old crushers um, reared its ugly head, pardon the pun. Mm. And then Mitch Kenny um, with, what was it, four to go or something like that? Yeah, pretty close. He gets his, he gets his foot caught under Campbell Killard and goes down and the trainer stops the game. It's the single most crucial fucking minute or four minutes mm-hmm. in the season, in the biggest game of the season, and the referee stops the game. What is going on? I, I, that what That's what caught my eye and did my head in, boys. Mm. Yeah. Look, we've brought this up. The fact that it happened in that game, so close, and if it was 38 to 6, we wouldn't be talking about it. We should be talking about it, but we've talked about it all year. Mm. Uh, round 11, I certainly brought it up when Cronulla, when Kikau ran back 80 metres to fall over two metres from the line near the sideline to get his leg strapped and they stopped the game for that one. Mm. And that was this Peter Green, at least he has a name. Uh, call from the sideline, boys, apparently you can do it. As he, uh, he smelt risk. Or whatever that might be. Can you do it? Really? Apparently, apparently yeah. that was a thing. He, he yeah, assessing the danger. Well, twenty five thousand dollar fine says you can't. Yeah, yeah, that's that was apparently in the rules. It it can be. It's, it, look, we know it was a farce. Um, but I, man, Wonga Blake was off the field in the first half when the Parramatta trainer did it. He stopped the game and Blake wasn't even on the field. That was like in the 20th minute. Do you reckon it was a direction from Cleary? Yes. Classic. For sure. He was on, his, sure. he was on his walkie at one time when they panned up at him. Yeah, I, I reckon it must have been, yeah. Well, I, I never saw that Tigers doco, but that's the one thing I did see from it is Madge Maguire screaming to the trainers, get him to stop it, get him to stop it. Yeah. That's yeah. the only clip I've ever seen from that game. Everything was brought to a head because it was that it was the finals game, and that's what pisses me off. Last week in the podcast, I know I brought up um, the Newcastle incident. There was four stoppages in thirty-three minutes, and then the Frizzell one that should have been wasn't stopped. It's um, they've got massive, massive issues with it all. Massive. It, it, it makes a mockery of that whole discussion with. Bennett and Cleary last week about, you know, um, hog-tying referees to think one way or the other. That was just a, an abomination by Cleary. If, you know, it, it, that put that to into fifth place, really. Well, it was, all, it was, it, it was also great. <laughs> it, it was great. Uh, As if, I, if I'm a panther. Oh, it's great if you're a panther. But it just goes to show the... The, the magnitude of how much they can potentially influence a game because did it influence, we'll never know. But it couldn't have done the Panthers any harm, let's face it. But I guarantee, Park, if we went through every game this year, they've had them. It's just, I didn't like the fact that oh, no. Brad Arthur didn't bring it up last week when it was, because he beat Newcastle. And I don't know if you saw, and I'm, I'm sure you probably did, when the Penrith trainer wasn't on the field. Eels had two trainers on the field, I'm sure, giving them offensive lectures about how to win the game from the quarter, from the 20th yeah. or whatever it was. Look, 
it, it's it's not just the impact on the game; it's the look on the game, isn't it? And that goes for for Fergo laying down well, as well. You the know, Fergo the thing. look on the game, which embarrasses, you know, rusted on supporters and uh, of the game like us to go. I'm embarrassed by that because we never did it in the past, and that's that's just a, a, an abomination. I, I think the Fergo thing was the worst thing to come out of the game. Yeah, potentially. Like, because we're going to talk, like, I, I didn't like the way Brad Arthur didn't bring up other things. Like, what about the Fergo? That should have been two points and ten minutes in the bin for bringing the game into disrepute, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I still, and I just, I know I've harped on boys, but I just worry, you know, that that could have happened, you know, in the same spot that Kenny had his, uh, his caught under Gillard's um, foot. So what I'm saying is four minutes to go in the grand final and, and Burgo does something like that or somebody does something like that, the referee has no other alternative than to blow a penalty now. Yep, That's definitely the problem. Not, I'm not blaming the ref at all. No. Anyway, sorry. No. Not Back to you guys. That's shocking. And even the, even the Moses thing. I don't know if the boys were going to talk about it. Moses being held back. What about Moses when he tackled, ran into Burton? Mm. First half, Penrith score and it was brought back for an obstruction, which, come on, he played for that obstruction. But uh, anyway. But bottom line, guys, great game, yeah? I, I, I said to Sean, best game of the season. He didn't agree, did you, buddy? Oh, you know, I yeah, it was a good game. I, I, Parramatta really came... You know, with a with a great attitude, and they and they defended really, really well. It was, you know, it was a good it was a good semi final game. There's no doubt about that. Mm, high intensity. Okay, Shawnee, what do you got? Uh well, you guys weren't talking about chicken wings, but I, I was reminded today that no mm. matter how bad you think you think things are, there's always someone worse off. I don't know if you guys saw this, but New Zealand police. Oh. Yesterday, oh, no. arrested a pair trying to enter Auckland with a large amount of KFC. <laughs> this was in violation of the strict level four lockdown at the moment where restaurants, yes, that includes the Colonel's establishment, are closed and takeaway is also outlawed. In oh, such an environment, kidding. and I'm quoting now from the article, fast food can take on the aura of a higher value illicit substance. It gets worse. They also found $100,000 cash alongside empty ounce bags. So the poor bastards clearly had the munchies as well. Uh, The report goes on. Close examination of the police evidence photos revealed at least three buckets of chicken, up to 10 tubs of coleslaw, and an undisclosed quantity of fries. To which I say, what? No dinner rolls, potato on gravy. <laughs> Show no leniency, New Zealand authorities. This is no poultry crime. Throw the book at them. Oh, oh. you, you, left, you left foul out there, Sean. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> I'm going to leave something for you, Tone. Plus, <laughs> plus the $100,000 that they won't get back. It takes the KFC tagline, shut up and take my money to a whole new level. <laughs> 
<laughs> does indeed. Uh, geez, I tell you what, um, KFC in South Auckland is like fine dining. Eventually, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Oh, oh. mate, it's, it's the it's the same for our fellas over here. Um, at any um, the Murray Cup, um, which is the Indigenous Rugby League tournament that's held every year. Uh, the, they ran out of two things when it was held in Dubbo a couple of years back. Um, one was Devon. <laughs> for, for De- Devon and Devon. sauce sandwiches. Yeah, and the, the, colonel, gr- the greatest. Yes. And the colonel, God bless that southern gentleman, uh, uh, ran, out of, ran out of chicken. God. Yeah. It's oh, I missed one. that story. What a cracker. Yes. It's one thing that unites uh, the two countries, yet another. You know, it's the two kinds of, oh, yeah, I was. The spirit lives on in KFC buckets. <laughs> I, w- I was going to ask Sean where he gets his stories from, but I think that needs to stay hidden. <laughs> um, boys, if I might, uh, Monty, you've been very busy, I know. Have, have you got a quick one you want to throw in before I? So, uh, I'd like to keep my chicken sauces um, close to <laughs> That's my chicken. Like the herbs <laughs> and spices, mate. That's right. I, I, I look. The one thing I want to, really want to impress upon um, everyone, everyone of my mates who's a, a Chooks fan, I did no rubbing it in. It didn't need to be. They just finally ran out of petrol against Manly. Mm-hmm. That, that's a very brave side that got that far um, and competed all up to the end. A disappointing way to go out because they just really didn't have any petrol left in the tank. So it wasn't. Manly were good, but they they still got room for improvement. They lowered their error rate, which was pleasing as a Manly supporter. But yeah, the poor Roosters they, they get you know they just ran out of puff. So um, well, Tedesco was Tedesco in, was still going at 80, 80 minutes. Yeah, that guy's been incredible. Um, a great captain and a great leader from the front, you know. But. Um, yeah, with all the makeshift players they've had, with all the disappointing injuries they've had, the five retirements that are coming, yeah, good on you, boys. And well done uh, to the coach because he's, he's had a tremendous year holding them all together and believing every fill-in player that had a game that otherwise wouldn't, that they were up to it. And they, most of the time, apart from the weekend, performed ad- admirably for him. So credit to the Roosters. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he thanked... He thanked the NRL afterwards. He's a class act, that Robinson, isn't he? Yeah, I think, I think we're going to allude to uh, the effect that coaches have and what you've just said there, Monton Parkey. It's, uh, yeah, they're a yeah. classic example. A um, couple of little ones from moi. Uh, James McManus's lawsuit uh, was thrown out, the $1 million against Newcastle. So that could be, I think, people like Vlandis and Abdo would be pretty happy to Hear things like that. He, if you didn't know, he was suing for concussion mm. yep. and not not being treated as well. So probably that would be the first case. First case I've heard of. I don't know about if you've heard of any boys. No, don't yeah. come to mind. Yeah, yeah. So it was interesting that it, it never made it. I read, Tone. <laughs> no, no, not the not the. What is it? The Cruella <laughs> Tadler and all that. Sort of... Weekly yes. <laughs> Big boob, big boob, Barbies. Uh, <laughs> weekly fan mag. Um, Milford. Mm. I just wrote, here we go again. Great buy. 
Great boy. <laughs> yes, he has. He, he, I will be alluding to, uh, he is a new uh, nomination. Boys, within the Parramatta Penrith game, a minute ago, whatever it was, a minute and a half, can't remember what happened, but oh no, and Capel kicked the ball away. So it was a knock on Penrith, maybe, right under the post, all that. And he, the, the shot clock was supposed to stop. Did anyone notice that? Yeah, it did. And it, well, on my screen, it never stopped. No, it didn't. And then the bell went at 80 minutes. It didn't matter because Paulo dropped the ball. But I yeah, was going. I was that at the time, yeah, what was happening? Because the ref put his hands up, he did the old hands, and then he blew time on, but the Channel 9 clock kept on it, ticking. I think. It, it didn't stop on the, you know, out on the Fox one either. No. And also in that game, you might be able to help me, boys, I just wrote down Captain's Challenge uh, successful but cost their side a penalty. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> I, I, and I couldn't for the life of me think what the hell happened. Parramatta called the challenge, Gutho called it, and Penrith got the penalty. So I don't know if that's the first in captain's challenge, but uh, a bit like Tedesco's when he said you can't challenge that, and he still did the other week. Yeah. Um, my last thing is, boys, our, it's I suppose, wasn't it? Uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Uh, open the Sunday Herald, uh, Sunday Telegraph, middle page. There's the table of all the stats we've been talking about and over the last five years of all the teams ranked in their order that we went through last week. And uh, then I get up in the morning and listen to Andrew Voss in the morning and he's talking Dally M's and I didn't watch the Dally M's, but he's talking about awards with a difference. Mm. There's time for change. Well, listeners, Mm. there will be change and that will occur next week in our gala event. We might talk a little bit more about it at the end. But, uh, Sean Parkey, I don't know if you've managed to get someone on the line that might talk about the Dally M's. You boys, in the, before the podcast started, Parkey, you were certainly saying you weren't a fan. No, no, not at all. And have we got uh, somebody on the line there, um, Sean? Um, we got Miss, Mr. Abdo on the line. Yeah, hang on a sec. Just let me – Andrew, Hello, is that you? <laughs> yes, it is, Sean. Oh. How are you? <laughs> Mate, thank you. Thank you for answering. Not at all, not at all. I'm always available uh, for your uh, what is a a must-listen podcast. (laughs) A big night last night, Andrew? Well, it was a big night and it wasn't. Uh, (laughs) It is the first of two events to announce the Dallium Players and Player of the Year, Coach of the Year and Team of the Year and and all associated categories. And last night was the first of that uh, first half of what would be – a, a two-part gala. <laughs> Andrew, um, let's face it, it was um, a below-par evening, surely. <laughs> Porky, you cracked me up. <laughs> I think the rugby league-loving public can't get enough of any type of uh, rugby league coverage, um, including awards nights and the ceremony, and didn't everyone look resplendent? Uh there was a little bit of time filling, I'll grant you, but uh, all in all, it was a very successful evening over Zoom. How long did the night take, or the coverage take? How long was it? About six foot four. <laughs> <laughs> a little joke there. <laughs> I, always, 
I always like to have a laugh with you, folks, which is why I listen every single week to your podcast. But uh, it, it took a while to plan, maybe uh, uh, 43 minutes, uh, it, uh, <laughs> and just as long to execute. And half of that was my speech, which tended to drone on a little. But I, I did. I was under political pressure to give a huge shout-out to Alexandria Palaszczuk and her team of, of uh, hillbilly Queenslanders who were out <laughs> to play uh, what would have been an otherwise diabolical season. Well, Andrew, I know um, you, you jest, but um, I must say the promotion was, was quite woeful. Um, I was actually watching Deep Space Nine with my <laughs> wife about the third episode, um, and luckily I had it taped and I had to go back and, sorry, mate, I did flick through your um, your diatribe, but then I was confronted by Brayton Astor and Jess Yates doing the awards of... Um, Try of the year and hard-earned player of the year and little else. So um, I hope next week's instalment is a little bit better, mate. Well, there's a lot more cats in the bag to come out, I would say, Pocky. But uh, last night, many of the awards presented uh, things like uh, top try scorer of the year with Alex Johnson and top point scorer with the sandwich man, <laughs> Ruben Garrick. Uh, it, it was known. It was well and truly known beforehand. So you do make an excellent point. But as I said, we had to fill in time with our TV commitments. And I think we are, we, we all did that to the best of our ability. And, and um, just one one final one from me, um, Andrew. It, it's it's obvious that Turbo is going to win. He's one point behind um, our mate mm. from Penrith, Cleary. Um, it's obvious he's going to win it. Are we just trying to um, create some drama here? And, and let's face it, there is a greater, more impressive show next week um, in the awards spectrum to come, much better than the Dally M's that you no doubt have heard. Well, I have heard of... Uh, I can't wait for your gala event, the uh, Rugby League Apologists uh, Awards Ceremony, uh, Sometime next week, Parky, I'm not sure of the details. I know you have sent me an, uh, an invite and I've yet to RSVP, but I can tell you right here, boys, that I'm in, I'm in wholeheartedly. <laughs> and if you want, I'll even MC the boss and put you You're going to be Tony Gregg there, Andrew. <laughs> wow. um, Andrew, there may be a clash of dates, but it sounds like the Dally M's, uh, you could just run on stage, scream out turbo I and... Uh... what you did there with the clashing of dates. <laughs> just picked up on that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you might have to split this. Suburbs, don't forget. Mate, we'll get you an Uber over to our one. Our one's being held in Riverwood, so it's all good. <laughs> Terrific, terrific. I've just had, I'll have the suit dry cleaned and, and be at the ready. Fantastic. Shawnee? Um, that's it. Thank you very much, Andrew. Boys, always well done. a pleasure and uh, have a good podcast. And uh, I look forward to well, uh, yeah. you and, and having a few frosty ones with you all, at uh, including Monty, I know is probably in the toilet or somewhere else at the moment. Again. But, uh, yes, yeah, so I look forward to seeing you all and getting absolute trashed. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, mate. Thanks, we look forward Andrew. to seeing you on, We look forward to seeing you on the chocolate carpet next week. Oh, 
Sean. Another date joke was that. <laughs> We've got millions. Uh, oh, well done. Nice. Thank you, uh, Sean. Thank you, Andrew. Um, Sean, of course, uh, you did a great version of The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. This is the second part. I didn't uh, ask you to do any music uh, lead-in, so unless you've got something else, Sean, I think it's time to do your little bit, mate. Hang on, I've got ice in my beer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'll crunch through again. it. Old Windsor okay. boy, hey? Oh, yeah. Thank God it's only ice. Can't mm. batter them, freeze them. <laughs> 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 That's the last one of the season. Yeah. That one. What was yeah, that? Yeah, that's because it's the last time this year. Just went an extra year. Here. <laughs> it's the remix. Um, okay, boys, um, we talked about sides, good sides, bad sides, mediocre sides, things like that. Um, we've got it. We're going to lead into uh, Sean's going to run us through uh, the prototype player in a couple of minutes, but I just thought we'd finish. We started with Trent Robinson. What's the effect of coaches on winning comps and finishing the bottom and just plodding along? I'll throw it to anyone. I'll start with Madge Maguire, actually. He's just been re-signed. I, I think that's only because they couldn't find any better options. So <laughs> we're after Cameron Seraldo and he's he wants to stay at Fenrith. Yeah, yeah, no. And he's got uh, he's got money to spend and we can clash into player roster. Obviously, um, you know, a good I – th- I think Maguire's won a grand final. Yeah. Is he the guy to lead Balmain? He's had three years. Mm. I think he's the only one that's Mm. willing. (laughs) Three years and the best is ninth. If you're a young coach, do you want to go there? Absolutely. You would? Absolutely, if you're a young coach, you'd want to go there. I think you'd you'd jump at the chance to lead any NRL side and you you couldn't do any worse, could you, than – What's been happening over the recent years? That, that could be a fair point. You've you've got a shit roster again. Yeah, well, that that's the bigger trouble. I don't think it's attracting coaches; it's attracting players. Mm. The, the place is a shambles. And the worst thing they did was do that docker. Mm. Yeah, it yeah. Didn't, um, it didn't tell a good story, did it? And again, no. it, it goes back to that boardroom meeting where everyone goes all in favour. Aye. <sighs> Someone's got to say time out, boys. Well, have a look at their CEO. What's the CEO's Pasco. name? Pasco. Lenny Pasco. He's got hair like an 18-year-old, a moustache which is just very close to being Hitler-esque, I think. And the the one of the most embarrassing parts of that documentary was him having the boardroom meeting with the head of Meriton. What's his name? Harry... Harry Triggenboff. Yeah. Um, where he just bought him a bit of merch. <laughs> then, he's, then he's banging on in the car after he leaves him about how good the rapport is with each other and how they understand and respect each other. 
Uh, Harry's just there going, righto. You know, <laughs> you know, this is the Amir Mold multi-million dollar sponsorship and you give him a couple of shirts and a, <laughs> and, and a badge and a, scarf. And a fridge yeah. magnet. Yeah. They they have $2 million to spend and the three names being bandied about are Adam Elliott, Curtis Scott and Tarek Sims. Oh, my God. This is a time – this is their time. This is an opportunity for them, not with those three players. Yeah. They are going to pay overs for the next five to ten years, and they yes. have been for the last five, right? This is their time. The second biggest nursery in Australia is South Southwestern Sydney, right in their bloody cradle. They yeah. should stop this fantasy of trying to finish ninth because that's the best they're going to do. They should just mm-hmm. wallow down in 14th, 15th for three or four years and grow the bloody club and grow all the systems up like Penrith did and be a world beater in four to five years and stop this fantasy of trying to win it next year or even get into the semis. It's not going to happen. When you it, buy players like BJ Leilua, come on. For seven, 750000 it, It's mental. Russell it's mental. Packer, 750000 no, they, they should. They should just. Moses for eight hundred and fifty thousand. Just, just do them a head in. They, <laughs> they have to be real and go back to the drawing board and be real with each other, and wallow in 14, 15, 16 for the next few years, and, and come back in three to five. And don't forget, they said goodbye to Addo Car, Teddy Tedesco, and uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, yep. to name yep. a few. Mm. Uh, yeah, crazy, crazy times. They're a basket case, I've been told. Is it uh, possibly the exec just want to hang at Concord and not hang out at Campbelltown? Maybe there could be something in that. Uh, Parky, I'll throw it to your side. Happy with your coach? Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. It was I'm a okay. roster? A roster more than a coach? I think it was a roster more than a coach. It was incidents more than a coach. Yes, true. Yeah. And I have no idea. I mean, we're, you know, just going the, the rattle on West. We're in a, a similar-ish boat, not too dissimilar, but we've seen the light and we're trying to give some some airplay to our rising stars, you know, like Sloan and, and those types of guys. that it, They've actually had first-grade experience. So that's what you need to do. When you are a, a bottom eight, probably bottom six roster team, you need to give airplay to those younger players and and grow from within because like we paid what we pay for Hunt one point one or whatever they yep, reckon. Yep. Um overs again. You know, mm. way overs. And, and a few years player. ago now too. Yeah, so Yeah, yeah. Great player. And don't get me wrong, he he has been one of you know the best player in for the last few years for us. But um we can't do any better than what we have. We need to grow our junior stock as well. Yeah. Shawnee? Barrett? Oh, just before Spoon. you move on to Barrett, I was, I was just going to hark, just going to just jump backwards to the Tigers there for a sec. Tim Sheens, mm. he's coming in now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As football coaching director. So, mm. you know, similar to the dogs, I suppose, if you, you've got a, a figure like Gould, uh, Phil Gould coming in. Okay, I'll throw, it, I'll throw it to you, Sean. You're a photographer and someone goes, we've got someone to sort of oversee things. How do you feel? Do you feel like it'd be me as a teacher? You know, I've got someone watching my lessons. I know I'd hate it. I don't know. 
It depends if they get on, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think Coach Gould, you'd be mad not to listen to him to try to establish the same kind of culture that he's been able to instill in Penrith. Given that he's uh, a doggies man, it's going to work, I reckon. But, you know, where's where's all the ex-Tigers? Where's all the ex-West side men? Why don't they stick up their hand and, and take on a bit bit more of a role? It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's And let's not forget the Tigers punted Sheens. They sacked him. Mm. So, you know, now he's back. But I, I'm with you, Mont, with that. Um, Who did I hear the other day? Um, was Gary it Brett Jack? Kinney? No, it was Brett oh. Kenny talking about Parramatta, that um, Parramatta as a club have never invited, you know, don't invite the old boys back even in any in any spectrum, in any way. Not necessarily to talk to the players, but just invite them into the rooms. They don't do it. It's interesting, whereas other clubs, you know, East get a lot of value out of that type of thing. Melbourne do as well. I think Newcastle do a little bit Yeah, too. they do. They do the old boys games, yeah. So it's an interesting concept or, or lack thereof with some teams. Yeah. Sean, can you see the dogs? You've got a better roster. Yeah. How, how long are you giving Barrett? Are you, are you seeing him long term? Oh, look, oh, who knows? I think to the point you guys were talking about, you've got to surround yourself with good, with good people. And I don't think there's anything to be gained by sort of by going in alone and, and hanging like either, you know, you're either going to live or die by that. I, I think if you go in and you succeed and you can and you can share the success, I think that's a good thing. Uh, so, yeah, I I I'd prefer it this way for sure than you know like just bringing a Dean Pay in on his own or something like that. Mm-hmm. Barrett, I think Barrett's got a got a chance. I do too. Yeah. Okay, Mont. Well, you're you're at the other end of the, the spectrum with a. What we possibly all thought maybe was a weakish roster with a couple of superstars. Uh, Des. Yeah. He's done what? really well, Des. Yeah. There's some, you know, homegrown talent to lead the club. But there was an article, I can't remember who wrote it, but uh, a couple of weeks back about one of the keys to success is having at least seven homegrown players in your club. So the, the, they know each other through the system. They've grown up playing rep football together. They've played against each other and then with each other in, in the junior reps. And now it's their dream to play for their local team. And it is every kid's dream. When when you grow up playing footy, you want to play by and large for your local club or if you've been indoctrinated by your father somewhere else. <laughs> right? yeah. But you'll have a team in your head you want to play for whenever you're strapping on the boots as a young kid, right? So... It makes perfect sense. What what um, Coach Gould has been able to do and implement out at um, Penrith has been genius and it's paying dividends. And it took a couple of years and they went through a couple of sackings and, and you know, sacked Cleary at one stage, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They so, got Griffin in. So the, the stuff they have to work out <laughs> along the way and obviously there's a lot of friction to get this stuff off the ground, but... Um, Look at the rewards if you stick with the program, which leads to Bellamy. It's just phenomenal what he can achieve in a a non-rugby league playing state because there's a system in place. Everyone knows their part. Everyone gets a job on the field and off it. And if they they 
don't comply with the job they're given, then they're moved on very quickly. Well, just to, to go on, Mont, there's possibly a similar link to Melbourne. Obviously, they're not Melbourne juniors, but that Sunshine Coast link, if you look back, mm. Munster, Smith, Hines. Well, it's obviously they've got good scouts up there. Too right, but they've all come through that sort of side, which is a, a mini reserve grade side for them. I don't know about South. I know that Reynolds is a local and there's Cam Murray and Walker. Tell me Look how up. good, just everyone's opinion on how good is Xavier Coates going to be after a couple of years at Melbourne? Oh, Look, Coates, Coates would be superb. The one I'm interested in is um, how good's Nick Meany going to be? Mm. Like, will he be the new Remus Smith? <laughs> I, I don't know, but it, it helps. It helps when you got discipline, and uh, and I no dickhead policy in the club cu- culture around you. I mean, you can't help but fall into line. You know, Does Melbourne rarely get someone into trouble, do they? Melbourne, Melbourne have got that. The, the no dickhead thing. They're there. They're they're brilliant. Yeah. Uh, oh god. So, so de- you know, going back to where you started. Des has done wonderful things with the roster he had. Oh, you know, sure. No doubt about it. And he, and he's overlooking players that are, are fully fit and want to play first grade in Tafua and Suli and the likes. He's turned Walker. Is it Walker? Harper? Yeah. Guys into, like into a Parker. 14. Into a 14 that is brilliant. I mean, the energy that he has when he comes on is just phenomenal. And he, he lights up the bloody game. Did we did did any of us have Shawnee? Did any of us have Manly in the eight? Uh no. 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 And I think that said it all because we I think we all thought that DCE and Turbo, you know, there's only two of them and Jake, you might throw in Jake. Well Because we were looking at Parker and Garrick just going, What? Yeah. Sorry, buddy, go on. No, you also know that you can't do any good if you've got old furniture. Yeah. And so Desi must have replaced all of that outdoor furniture. Mont- yeah, to, to power would be. Oh, oh Kieran Foran. Look at Foran. No, no, I'm Foran not talking about the actual the furniture tone. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking like the dinosaur analogy. No, no, no. That was Trent Barrett's, one of his reasons for uh, not having success there was oh. the age of the furniture that they had around in the, uh, in the sheds and stuff like that. That's why I worry about Trent Barrett. De- Desi is getting crazy, though. Did you see him at the press conference? He's like absolutely not only looking crazy, but his his answers to some of those journal questions were dismissive at best. Like he just won, and it was like, "I'm getting out of here." And um, that you know, he answered about four questions and said, "Right, I'm off." <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, he did. Getting as strange as Bennett, really. Well. You know, I think that's the last thing you want to do is talk about how shit you were at the start when you're approaching now a semi-final. Uh, and I, I get that he'd be upset trying to answer that, but you can do it with a bit of humour, which he usually does, quite frankly, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah he was, does. It was, just seemed, was very weird. He seemed just to, yeah, I don't know, something might be going on. I, I don't know. He did not want to be there, that's for sure. No. Maybe he's got history with the journo that asked it. You know. Yeah, maybe, but there were two separate ones, a, a male and a female journo. He, he didn't like either of them. No, he didn't. No, it, was, it was very strange. 
Gotta love Des. Well done. We've talked, obviously, about the coaches, and we talked about you need good fodder, as in your cattle, and good recruitment and all those sort of things tick the boxes. Sean, you want to lead us into prototypes. I was wondering if you could uh, shine the light on that for us, buddy. Yes, well, we touched on it last week, uh, and in the wake of Josh Morris's last game, uh, shout out to Jamos Parkey. Yeah, um, absolutely. Who Rooster Rooster's coach Trent Robinson referred to as a prototype centre. Hmm. Uh, I tasked myself with, descri- with describing the ideals for each position. So, given the evolution of the game, especially with the rule changes this year, what sort of player is perfectly suited to the to the roles to the to the positions? And I guess Robinson was talking to about Morris in, in the fact that well, he's like impeccable as a defensive centre. I think a lot of people came out and talked about the fact that he had one, two, three, four options depending on what he knew the opposition was going to do. And he very rarely made the wrong choice. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting. And Because as I looked at it and broke it down, I think some positions have evolved markedly and others have seemingly gone backwards. So it's almost like they need to be reinvented based more on better players from the past. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get to that. So fullback. So this role we've discussed at various times through the season, including last week, uh, with, your little, uh, with your points, Parky, about lesser knowns that have played grand final yep. football. And, yep. um, it's, it's now one of the most critical positions on the field. And this is, this is probably going back to your conversation there. Some of those players back then that did experience some, some success probably wouldn't do these days because they, they didn't have some of the attributes that I think you need these days. So Billy Slater is the one that kind of, you know, brought the position to where it is today. But I think you get speed, size hands like ball play and defensive smarts because you're quite often organizing your defense as well so you've got you've got a whole bunch of different guys bodies in there you've got Latrell Mitchell who's the big bruiser who's got all of the above Turbo's a different shape uh, and he still has the ability to crash your defensive line as we saw on the weekend what the hell was that oh. wow um, Teddy Stoat Jaden Campbell Sloan coming through, Kennedy around. So you've got a whole range of body shapes and attributes, but I think they're, they're all very elusive and fast and, and, and they do have that ability to play a link, linking role. It's not just chiming in as, as they did in the past. So I guess I'd, I'd also throw it open to you guys. Who, who, what else do you see from there? And, and also who from the past would be able to play in today's game in that position? Oh, I'll go. Yeah. Um, I will like my, my favourite ever player is, is the Peach. Yeah. And I think I think the Peach could do it. He was a bit of a sniffer. He, his defence would need some work. But, uh, yeah, he's – and Will Kennedy's the young Peach. So I think there's, there's stuff to work on. But uh, I think the Peach could make it in the game. Yeah, great. Yeah. Agreed. I, I think I don't know if I have anybody in mind at the moment, but I, a, a trait 
I reckon, and I'd love to do some tests on it, get the boys to do some tests on it, but I think the fullback is potentially the fittest person with the greatest engine in yep. the team. Oh, wing and, to wing, side to side, and you haven't yeah. even got the ball. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They are, they they must do, you know, the, the most Ks. They, they've just got to be on the go 80 minutes. So you've got to have a massive engine. Yeah. Well, and Sl- Slater changed the game, and I still think Turbo and Teddy have got a bit to go to get to Slater. But Teddy's uh, things like um, try assists. So as a fullback, that's usually the halfback and the five-eight sort of category. He's breaking new bounds boundaries there, Turbo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think he's quite frankly the best all-round player. It showed on the weekend. He had a tremendous game. What is he? Six-four, Mon? Six-four and about a hundred and eight or something kilos? Yeah. He's yeah, he's built like a second rower, and and he hits it up hard as well. I, the amount of meters he gains um, post contact through the middle are phenomenal. He's not scared of getting involved. And Sean, you mentioned that you know a couple of times just banging through the line like uh, the old on the burst play. Mm. On the well, you mentioned it just then, Monty. You said he's not scared. He's not scared. He'd run through yeah, a wall. He's not scared of and cross. Manly looked like they had something to prove after last weekend's dismal performance where nothing went right. Their error rate was down on the weekend and Turbo in particular wanted to play. God damn, he wanted he wanted that game to, that game last week against Storm to go away. And I think they all wanted the same thing there. So but you know, if he's in the mood, just look out. And and Tedesco played his heart out. But he was totally outplayed by Turbo on that day. I think the beauty of the fullback role is that you don't need that six four. You can be. You know, I don't know what height Teddy is. He's probably about six, but he looks a lot smaller if he stood next to Turbo. Mm. He is I strong though. There is a range. You've got to have a skill set, and I, Sean mentioned speed. That's possibly number one straight off in that sk- and smart. Yeah, well, the Stoke yeah. is a standout, isn't he? He's, but, yeah, the Stoke. He, all that. He's, he's yeah. very slight and, and oh, well, Campbell's in yeah. that. Yep. The, to- the timing and the oh, window. and the eyebrow, they're, they're two that I reckon will star in the next five years. Yeah. The eyelash. The eyelash. 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 The eyebrow. The, the eyebrow was uh, Freddie Pagano, I think. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, well, speaking of which, the girls at my place, uh, Trina and, and Shauna, they caught a glimpse of him being interviewed as a potential rookie of the year on the weekend. It was on um, KO. And, oh, my God, look at these eyelashes. Are they real? Mm. Has he got makeup on? And this went on and on and on, I thought. Far out. I wish I was recording this because this would make a great segment. Um, Ask what they so, think of their his eyebrow, mate. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, he'll draw um, women to the game, uh, as yeah. do all these these young tearaways, that, and they're they're brilliant. He's not scared at all, and he's he's not the biggest fella on the park. Um, I, right the way through this year, these young folks. I've been so impressed with their courage, you know, because they're tiny. Yeah. Um, um, well, we're, we're drawing women to the game too, 
uh, Mont. Uh, in so many ways. So yeah, that's oh. right. And and I'd like to move on to the wing. And this this position's evolved, probably, arguably the most. You even wrote a poem about it, Tone, last well, I, year. I did. It's on the um, website. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's this this for this position, ideally, you're tall, you're fast, you've got a big leap, you've got a big wingspan, and you've got an acrobatic touchdown. So it's Plus, you know, you've got to be big and solid enough to make an impact bringing the ball out from defence. So mm. it's, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big role. And you look at the, the players today, your, your Sivos and your Ravalawas in that, in that big mould and then your Adokars and your Saabs and your Tupos who are more, you know, who are big and, and, and rangy and, and fast and acrobatic. And then you've got your To'o, who's an exception to all of those, really, who, go, who goes back to your, like a Matt Utai style of build. But I don't know that Matt Utai would have scored the tries these guys can today. So anyway, who from the past would make it today? Uh, Terry Faye. Terry, Terry Faye. Yeah, he, he jumped straight at me too then. He's got yeah, bad hands. Well, that's that's the big one. I was I flashed straight away to the. I go way back, of course. I'm thinking of Bobby Weir and Ray Corcoran, who, you know, honestly, they were like twelve stone each. They they didn't. You didn't need to catch. Was Michael Sorodimi good under the high ball, Parky? I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't much was, call for it. <laughs> yeah, that and was he, what what about carting the pillar? The roles of the winger has just changed. You have, you know, is it? Okay, here's one for you. Should you have like a Sivo and a Ravalava? Is that too much? Or should you have a balance in there? Should you have a, you know, a cook? Is there, there's still room for the Corey Thompsons of the world, obviously? Yeah, well, I'd take you back, I to, so. I'd take you back to a Sailor and um, Lottie Takiri. Well, I think, Sean, that was the start, wasn't it, of the – oh, Terry Fay was a, a freak. A bit. No, uh, we've missed one. Growth. The original Eric Gross, yeah. 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 And he that, he was huge compared to wingers at the time. Look at Stewie Davis, for instance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Rod, Rod Jackson. With his, and, and that's all he had to be is, is fast and elusive. Yeah. And then if you had that – Gross runs when he brought that power game to that wing. It was just, it was almost scary to be a, a opposite him, trying to mark him. And, you know, it, it brought on the likes of, I think, Wendell and. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think I think you're definitely right, Mon. It, it, but it took a bit of time, didn't it? it Often. Took, the, the, I- remember, was everyone was amateur. Or almost well, anyway. a, a big a big change also yeah. was we've talked about it. I think it was last year. You know, the Polynesian influence is now over fifty percent. Yeah, and it wasn't until really Canberra were the first that really tapped into it, and um, yeah, and then we get guys that are you know of, of well, most guys are Aussies, but uh, you know a different sort of cultural. Heritage background and who are just bigger bodied. Yeah, I think to answer your question back then, Tone, I I think it's more a prototype team. I I would prefer when you had growth, you had Neil Hunt on the other wing. Yeah, you know, so you know you've got that difference. I I like the fact that there's a difference. 
and you might you might call it out that you know the left the left for South needs to be big and strong and quick, but you know you 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 play to your strengths. And you've got you've Alex got, Johnson on the other side. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really horses for courses. But I like the fact and and Sean, back to you. But I, I like the fact that you know the centres of the time when they actually used to stand together when right. you know when when you know you had a. Cronanella, yeah, Cronanella, yep, yep, that type of feel. I mean, they're the they're the two great example of the great examples. So yeah, well, I hate to um, I hate to hark back, but I think my centres of the year were Burton and Manu, and that was because one was left sided and one was right sided, and you guys went with two right sided centres. You didn't explain that on the day. Yeah, no, that's, that's two okay. weeks. Two weeks you've had to look into that, buddy. <laughs> no, no, that was that was at the time, uh, <laughs> uh, which which leads us into the centres. Um, so this position, I, I I don't know. I think it's possibly evolved the least in, in, in terms of you know you you've got your long range speed, the size, the footwork, the ball handling, ability to offload, to defend. And uh, you've got, you know, you've got your Morrises and your Joey Manu and your Crichton now and Olam. But then if you look back into the past, there's very, very similar, if not better, players in your Gaznears and Miles and Close and E.T. and G.I., Meninga, Rogers, yeah. Fulton. So I really don't see that there's been that much change. Uh, the, the current game, I think, hasn't forced any great change to that position. I like I like that, uh, Shawnee. Um, yeah. Name the top ten centres. I think we would go back a bit. It's probably yeah. the only position we'd probably go the furthest back, perhaps. You know the difference that I can see, and that is today's centre can play fullback. And, and I know they could back then as well, but, you know, I couldn't imagine Cronin playing fullback or I couldn't imagine Chris Close playing fullback. Mm. These day, this day and age, there's a lot of those Latrells, turbos that seem to be able to slip back to fullback. Also, a lot of uh, teams kick for the centre, e.g. like a Wonga Blake that's not the kick for the winger. Mm. That's the short, the short bomb. I think one of, one of you boys brought it up the other week. You know, Cleary plays a short bomb a lot. So, you know, hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I, the centre position has changed a lot. You just don't get the room you used to get to when you swing it out of the backs before, Sean. Yeah. Uh, um. You, if you set deep, you know, you'd get a good back line, and your centre is probably one of the most attacking players in the in your side back then. You think Bozo and Steve Rogers and and players of that ilk. Um, they were the ones making the line breaks and setting up the outside backs. Well, we sort of still have it, Mont, but yeah. instead of an inside centre or an outside centre, one of them is your outside back rower. Yeah, well, that, that's it. I think that's, you know, Sean made a great point halfway through the season about, you know, extra playmakers. You know, are, are, the, are the positions that you actually play in the same positions that rugby league uh, was first thought of? They're not. They're just not. No. Well, David, same, same, same in soccer. No one plays five forwards anymore and two backs, do they? 
Oh, come on. Inside left, inside right. Yeah, exactly. Jumpers, jumpers for goalposts. Um, but I, I, I dislike David Fafita mainly because he costs a million plus and all he is is a big centre. Well, but he's going to win your games, I, I will. Yeah, I know. It, to me, he's really overrated, but um, oh, look, I'd have him at the Sharks. I don't think he's overrated. Well, he's overpriced. Quite possibly, but uh, he just doesn't have that lust for the game and the yeah. involvement in the game that, say, a Papalihi does. Okay, now we're moving right along to 5.8s. Ball playing, speed, footwork, kicking game, long and short. Uh, you'd be a big body or a small body. This is another position that I think is relatively the same. You're looking at your Munsters, Cleary, Walker, Luai, Burton, Whiten, and from the past, Lions, Lockyer, Lewis, Fittler, Daly, Lamb, Barrett, Walters, Kenny. Yeah, maybe a bit taller now these days. But again, a bit like Parky said, the centre can play fullback. Often the 5'8 can play centre. I'm flashing. I yeah. go further back, and I, the guys that were jumping out to me were guys like, you know, Dennis Pittard, and those, and they were all tiny. <clears throat> yeah, You're half well, and I don't think anyone from that era could play today. No, no, that'd be the no, ball boy. Not, not that far back, but uh, Cliffy definitely would. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it looks like um, Walker's modelled his game on him, and he's become a better player for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think today's five eight and, and half as well. I know you haven't got there yet, but each of them these days has a bigger kicking game than they did twenty five, thirty years ago. As yeah, in longer. Yeah. yeah, longer kicking game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, and, and that's something you don't need as a fullback anymore. You never get a kicking duel, do you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, this you're moving moving into halves. I think this is a position that has suffered as a result of the years of the structured football that we played for so long. So, again, you, you want the speed off the mark, I think, is, is a big one that's probably lacking these days. And, and, and speed between the ears as well, like the footballing nous, being able to play what's in front of you. Kicking game, as you say, Parky, the short game, I think, kicking game is, is really vital as a, as a number seven. Your grubbers and your chips and also your bombs, but... You know, and again, the prototypes of the past, I think, are better than today's when you're looking at your Langers and Sterling and Johns and Thurston and Mortimer, Morris. Uh, so I think you're looking to emulate them more today than evolving something new. So you, we've got Cleary and Hughes who are standouts. Nobody else, I think, is really, you know, setting the world on fire today. They, they, need, they need to retrain them. For, for this game, I'm not sure what the halfback's role is. This days. I was thinking then. Well, it, it has know, it's traditionally off, been just steering the the side around the park. Yeah. But you look at but you look at the game now; it's changed, and you want your little guys in the middle to be able to take advantage of the fatigue. You need to; they need to be playing eyes up football. That's what the best sides are doing. Yeah, the combo. Clear is a big half, isn't he? He's a he's a big half. I was just actually thinking of Sterlo. And just thinking, how would he go today? Because he didn't have that kicking game. He, he, he wasn't quick. He was bloody clever. And he didn't have that back line. But anyway. No, what, what he did have, and the, the best um, playmakers, certainly halfbacks of the modern day, is the ability to read a game. And instincts. It's all about instincts. Quick-witted. 
instinctive, knowing what's in front of you, knowing who you've got around you and how to get the best out of everyone. And I think they're far more controlling than they once were halfbacks. By and large, they run oh, they're the, the They're the general, aren't they? It's, yeah, uh... they, really, they really are. And I can't remember them being – used to be the forward general who set the tone for the whole game, didn't it? Yeah, the only one that really hasn't been the halfback of recent years was when any side that Cameron Smith played in. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, there's the little boys. Let's have a break. Let's top up the G&T, whatever you're – go get some uh, chicken in a biscuit, Mont. Uh, we'll see you after the break, kids. Sweet. See you in a minute. Got some Stokes barbecue. Oh, nice. <laughs> the Gordon's out. I'm away. The Vickers, the cheap stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All the same colour. Well, mate, when you're going through as many bottles as I've been doing. <laughs> Welcome back, boys. Uh, Shorty, uh, you've been moving through the prototype players of the present and the past. We'll throw it back to you if you can keep the story going, please. Cheers, Tone. Uh, well, moving on to the lock, and I think this is a this has been a huge change in this position you've got the mobility and the tackling venom the ball playing is often the link man in the middle of the park to the backs and the forwards he's got the smarts to go with that um the offload the engine that you talked about parky these guys are usually 80 minute players so yeah. you're looking at your classics today your isaac yo uh your cam murray and angus Crichton, your victor radley um that's that's kind of your ideal. It's not a big body, but it's but it's a mobile, fit, hard guy. Uh, and from the past, I don't know. Um, you got your Bradley Clyde, who was never really much of a ball player. Um, then your Paul Langmax or your Rod Reddy, maybe. Yeah, I think I think that's my my first inkling is the lock was the tackling machine. Yeah. Then it sort of transformed into the Brad Clyde. Yeah. And now, and it's and to me, I'm just trying to think: is it only in the last couple of years? I mean, the last two that the link man things come in with the Yo, the Murray, the Radley. That's uh, the forward halfback. Mm. It's like a big five eight. Well, I, I think back. You know, let's go back X amount of years, and Paul Gallon was our lock. Yeah. And we were screaming at him not to touch the ball four times. Just run, gal, you know. Yeah, uh, Jim Dimmick could do well. Yes. Today. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's like that you great. say that he, that he and Lang Mack were, yeah, just remember those raids down the down the short sides. Well, they, they were the big halfback too, weren't they? Yeah. Like Lang Mack had great skills. Graham O'Grady even was a half long, those <laughs> sort of guys. Yeah. Um, but I, look, I think – you know, if you're talking prototypes, I remember I was with the Telegraph when Clyde came in and he was the prototype forward of the day, mm. oh. Bradley Clyde, you know. He, so uh, he was – He was, he was the turbo, Farky. Yeah, he Don't was. you reckon? Build, yeah. build, me a, build me a footballer. Yeah. And back then, was it. they built Clyde. Yep. Mm. Mm. Get to work on that, Sean, building. You've got some time. You've got to shed. Oh, like a, like a felt. Player with bits of oh no, just like film. weird science, mate. Oh, what you okay. can do with toilet rolls and blue tech, the chainsaw and shit. Okay, 
Um, second row. Give me the 26-year-old 20, cleaner, mate, the Spanish one. Yes. If you can build her. <laughs> uh, the second row is uh, the you mentioned before, Tone. It's a, it's a damaging ball runner, big, strong, he's a ball player, can offload, big engine again. So he's got those physical attributes, whether it's, whether it's the hips or the thighs or, or something. There's something about them that makes them hard to bring down. Um, so you mentioned him before, Tone, for feeder, Penguai Jr., Isaiah Papali'i, uh, Viliami Kikau, uh, Olakawatu. Uh, remember Jason um, Tuomalo? Tuomalo? Tuomalo. You've got to say it like that. He was the poster boy for this position. Definitely, definitely, definitely. They're, they're just inside century lines. They just run that line either side of the goalpost, don't they? That sort of stuff. It's, uh, that's yeah, really changed the role of the second rower. Straight an attack when you're out wide and force your inside, your forwards to spread across the park in defence. Parky in the, say, I'm going to Rod Reddy and guys like that, Robert Stone, they would have had free reign. They didn't run... Corridors, did they? Reddy often did. Yeah, but he wasn't like you know. Kickhouse on the left. Oh no, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. No, because yeah. no. that's how it looks. I just go Melbourne. Kenny Bromwich on the left, outside say Munster or inside Olam, and Kafusi's inside Rima Smith, and then it's just your five eighth, your half back, and your full back just doing their shit, and the hooker maybe. Yeah, or just think of a Bobby McCarthy back in the day. Mm. Um, oh, well, he, <laughs> yeah, there's a guy. Mm. No. Um, how, how many tries would Steve Menzies have scored today? Oh, a bloody lot. But, mate, he, he, he scored heaps running off 50. So he, he did. If, if he was anywhere, you know, half these guys, they, again, the role that, um, that Melbourne um, and Bellamy give these guys just run straight and let him find you. Yeah. And then it's up to the playmaker if they decide to skip him or not. Monty, did yeah. sorry, just on Menzies. Hmm. Did what, do you reckon Menzies' role was just just follow Cliff? No. Find or did Cliff or did Cliff go to Menzies? Yeah, it, it's essentially find a run to a hole and Cliff will find you. And that was that was with everyone in attack. So we had options everywhere open to him because people were just running into a hole. And you could trust him that he'd give it to you. Yeah. So and, and I think Bellamy is doing that. Half the time Olam doesn't know if he's gonna get it or not. Oh mate, I watched a great thing on, on their offense the other day. And Olam is the best decoy runner in the game. Exactly. Because defense, defenders just go, I can't risk not taking him because he's going to steamroll me if he gets the pill. That's right. I, I have to cover him so that – Oh, I'm, he I'm, opens I'm, everything. I'm, Mate, that's why Kenny Bromwich scored on the weekend oh, the, two weeks ago, and that's why Pappenhausen scored. It was Ollum's run. Man, he frightens people. Yeah, and, and again, he's, he's doing a job that he's – just do this. And he does yeah. it effectively. And because he follows orders, he's loved and he gets to keep his spot. 
Bellamy of Chop Foods who go out of their way to disrupt the pattern of the side that he wants to play. You know, he's strict instructions. He's got a strict game plan. If they don't stick to it, woe betide. Mm. Yeah. Just a, a quick one back on second rowers. Um, three prototypes, um, Ciro, Talis, Sonny Bill. If you could have two, who would you have? The last two. Yeah. yeah. So give me that again. Talis. Ciro, Ciro, Talis, Sonny Bill. In today's game, I'd definitely have those last two. Yeah. What about Rambo Gibbs? In there as well. <laughs> he sent off. Hmm. He, he would have, he would have survived magic round. You're, you're talking about fearsome players who run the ball and actually score tries. But both him and Talis, I remember seeing against Manly the first time and think, my God, these guys are unbelievable. You know, they're giants and they're fast and they're just aggro. Mm. Well, can't we get one of them? But lucky we did. Yeah. <laughs> But tell us, as a youngster, Jesus, he's unbelievable. Well, you got Phil Lowe, I remember. He was yeah. scary yeah. back in the yeah. day. We had great Tommy recruitment at one day. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, what was his name? Stevens. Yeah. I had Kevin, oh, Kevin Ward, the front row. Kevin you had Ward, Gary, yeah, Gary yeah, Stevens, yeah. Stevie Norton. Yeah. Mm. Well, we'll move along. That'll, that'll be a different subject for a different day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We got to finish it tonight. Yeah, with the props, we have got the size again, speed, mobility, the engine, Parky, defensive yep. ability, and ability to offload. So you're looking at obviously your your, your prototype these days is very much your Payne Haas, also mm. a, also a Junior Paulo who's got that feet at the line. Uh, mm. Josh Papali's been there for quite yep. a while. Your JWH, uh, your James Fisher Harris, your Welch is a new new model, and your Adam Fanul Blake are the ones that I've put down. And and from the past, I was thinking maybe a Webke, a Lazarus, or even a Beetson. Big Artie with his ball playing changed the. <clears throat> you know, I think. Yeah, Artie was the ball player. The Webke, Lazarus were more the battering rams. You've still got a little bit of battering ram in JWH and guys like that, and then you've got the the prop with a halfback's mind of Junior Paulo and guys like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's interesting to note, Shawnee, that um, teams have one of each: a battering ram and then the ball player. It looks, yeah, you know, quite possibly. I think you you hit the nail on the head, Sean, last week, wasn't it, or something? Basically, the prop. Is you can't be a dinosaur now. Yeah, you know that is the real one where the dinosaur is gone. You know, look at Fafita. You can't be overweight either. You know, and you, you've got to be quick. Mm. Um, okay, we'll move to hooker. So, of course, you need a good passing game, good service from dummy half. Again, speed helps. Uh, included uh, speed between the ears, like your Cameron Smith. Creativity. Defence and a kicking mm. game is a bonus. So you're looking at the standouts of today is your Harry Grant, your Damien Cook, uh, you read Marnie. Obviously, you could throw mm. the hectic cheese in there too. But I think it's interesting that we've seen a clear evolution in this position. So you go from scrummages back in the day like your Krillich and your Edge and your Paponis to the more creative Benny Elias who became 
more more like a half back. Uh, then you kind of move to your running player like your Kero, then Steve Walters to a Danny Baderas, and then a Robbie Farah type that again look to control the game with all of those skills uh, into uh, Cam Smith, who had all of that plus the ability to referee. Mm. The end of the spell was the massive turning. But we talked about it in the uh, World Cup of League last year. Mm. But Elias was a massive changer. Mm. And he wouldn't have won the tackle count. Um, just a question without notice. Like I always, like Brayley, 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 always top tackle count, top missed tackle count, but top the tackle count. Jake Turpin, etc. Would Harry Grant top Melbourne's tackle count each week? If he played all the minutes, yeah. like if he played eighty minutes, yeah, he would fill mind. that role. Or does Damien Cook top South? I probably should know this. They go close. He go close. Yeah. So defence is a massive part. Yeah. Obviously. Let alone, I think it's another of these positions where you, you you're looking for a guy that has every skill. If you got a guy with every skill there, which both your halves have to have, and then a standout fullback, and you know, cliche, but the the, the spine, I, I just can't believe that there are still players and clubs that allow their hooker. Just to be a distributor of the football, mm. to bend down and pass from the ground out, and that's all they do. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. That, that's to me dinosaur coaching. Roy Simmons. Oh yeah, well he's the yeah. classic, isn't he? Mm. Uh, yeah. Barney Rubble. If you're a team, you want that all-round player. You've got to do of all those skills you mentioned, Shorty. You've got to have at least three, three of them. Yeah, and a kick helps too, Parky. Well, well, hookers grew in value when they were included in this mythical spine. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's yeah. it's like they're they're. Who they're, set that up? Danny Elias. That's why he's so wealthy. Yeah, maybe they're, they're yeah. in the Fab Four of every thirteen. Oh, so you know, it's, it's they need to be more creative. They need to be more valued than than you know those Elwyn Walters of yesterday. <laughs> Peter Moscat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's mm. interesting, isn't it? Mm. Very, mate. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. The hook is crazy. Mm. It's another halfback. It's another everything. But if you're a 10-year-old kid, mm. what position do you want to – I want to be this, Dad. Like, obviously, size will have a thing. Just say you're probably not the tallest kid. Do you want to be a hooker? Halfback. Because a hooker is a tough gig. Look at the Braley boys. They come in nice and pretty. I bet they're not in another 10 years. Doing 49 tackles all the time. They're like speed bumps. It's a lot easier than it used to be getting belted in a scrum. Oh, definitely not. You're not getting your head punched in and you're not getting cauliflower ears. No one's rubbing. You're not even in the scrum anymore. You're like feeding it or playing lock. Yeah. Oh, no. Crazy change. Cool. Anyway. I had I had number fourteen as a as a position, but I get a feeling tone that we might be talking about number fourteens with you. You n- you never know. You yeah. never know. You're lucky in a big city. Uh, thanks, Sean. <laughs> Arguably the greatest thing you've ever oh. produced, <laughs> other than your other than your three children. I won't oh. say what Roddy said, no. but uh, uh, good news, boys. Uh, Sean has got that wheel up and running. It's looking fantastic, Shawnee. Uh, sponsor. Uh, mate, I have I have got another sponsor. Um, believe it or not, Jim has chalked up another one. Uh, introducing Jim's home school and 
Hey, <laughs> hey, you at the back, pay attention. Sick and tired of trying to teach little Johnny and Jenny at home. Couldn't be asked with the three R's. Sick of the teacher role play? Let Jim's do the roll call. Make homeschooling history and geography. And let our teachers look after your little creatures. Don't wait for the bell. Call Jim's homeschooling and put us to the test. Very good. Very good. It's rocketing, it's rocketing um, in popularity, homeschooling. Oh, mate. They're all class too, Tony. I pay a little more and you could even kiss the teacher. Uh, or, or be the teacher's pet. Mate, it could be out of well, since we've been talking about being out of a job. It could be me. <laughs> Boy, uh, Shawnee. Yes. Uh, new new wheel, surely it's uh, you know it's revamped and all that. So I'm looking forward to the spin. It is, mate. It's completely different. Right, Rocky's got no hope of pulling this one apart. No. Completely. Yeah, different. that 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 went an extra one. Mm. There's definitely been uh, an elongation. Ah, uh, Sean, what's it come up? I think. Uh, what are you uh, going to call it, mate? It just says number fourteen. Number 14, sorry, uh, just two seconds. Number 14 is Electricity Bill. <laughs> uh, strange title. We're not right. going to talk about electricity bills. We're talking about utilities. Oh, okay. Uh, hence the electricity bill. Boys, uh, Shorty's uh, touched on it with prototype. The number 14, I suppose, becomes a is possibly classified as a utility player. Who would you throw out there? Throw some names that are the utilities of today. The utilities of today? Hmm. I'd say maybe a Tyrone Peachy. Well, Monty, you've got one at the moment that's playing pretty well. Yeah, Dylan Walker has been trans, uh, you know, made to take that position and he's grabbed it with both hands and absolutely loving it. It looks like he really enjoys football again. It's been a revelation for him and the team. Mm. Uh, even the cheese. Cheese has got a bit of utility. Victor has got a bit of utility. Connor Watson's probably the, the guy that gets the tag at the moment. Mm. If I took your ball, how many positions do you think Connor Watson's playing or has oh. played? He's played fullback, 5'8", hooker. Center. Uh, back of the scrum. Uh, hmm. Yeah, so he, 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 he can go anywhere and do anything, that guy. Well, that's where I'm taking you, boys. I, I like taking you down nostalgia's path. Let's not go too far, but certainly the last 20 years, I'd definitely say. Um, I'm going to ask you, who do you think has played the most positions? This is they started the game in this position. So there's nine spots on a footy field. Oh, mm. Uh, throw some names and I'll tell you where they rank, if you could. Otherwise, I will tell you. But who do you reckon from the past has been the the most of the you know the most versatile utility? Luke Lewis would go close, I reckon. Luke Lewis comes in tied third, Monty, with wow. six six positions. He never started fullback, prop, or hooker. Oh, it's where they start, not where. They, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's where they started games. Craig Wing? Craig Wing is tied second, Sean, with seven. Never started prop or second row. Desi Hasler. Desi Hasler tied with Luke Lewis on six. He never played, never started wing, second row or prop. 
Oh, you're going well, boys. Come on, Parky. One of your boys. I'm just trying to think of number one. Well, one of um, our boys. Well, definitely. He was always, oh, is it because he's a utility that he never gets picked first? Oh. Curly head, St. George superstar. Oh, Brad Mackay. Brad Mackay rounds out the thirds because he's a six as well. Never started wing, half or prop. I'll throw in the guys that had five positions and then we'll move to the three that you haven't got. Gidley, John Plath, Chris Mortimer, Lance O'Hire. Mitch Orbison and Preston Campbell all started in five spots. So we're missing uh, two guys that tied with wing on seven, and the one that blew me away had all nine. Don't forget, sometimes I only played one game in this, but it's in the stats. Um, Tony Curry. No. Um, I'll go. How, a, how, how long ago? Oh, well, let's, let's go a Canberra legend who has a namesake playing at the moment. Oh, Jared Croker. Jason Croker, Jason Croker is the namesake. So Jason had seven, never yep. half or prop. Uh, the tied on seven with Wing and Croker is, uh, okay, he played for Eastern Suburbs, famous name of a hitman in Australia. Possibly shot Sally Ann Huckstep. <laughs> oh. oh um, yeah. Come on. Uh, Flannery. Christopher Flannery. Flannery. Yeah. There it is. Chris Flannery. It was nearly horrible history, Seth. Uh, not proper hooker. Now, this is the one. Nine positions. He only had one game at centre, halfback and prop. I can't believe he played prop. He played for Cronulla. And I think he finished his career at Parramatta. He was a toe-poking not, oh, toe no. No, toe goal kicker. Dean Carney. No, very much in the Carney era. Probably, probably hooker. He played a bit. Um, we mentioned we mentioned uh, a long lost cousin of his, Snorty, last week. Oh, there's a hint. Who was Snorty? What was his last name? Oh, Wilson. Alan Wilson. Alan, Alan Wilson, Wilson is the number one I could find. He's played all nine. Wow! Unbelievable. Well, he played a game at prop. He must have been the world's shortest prop, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I couldn't believe it when I looked him up. Um, he, he was never in my calculations. Alan Wilson, I'm going to try to look him up and see what his height was because he wasn't – he was stocky no, at no. first, wasn't he? That's right. He was always the smallest guy if he was in the pack. Mm. And he, he sort of wasn't quick enough for a half, uh, all that sort of stuff. He probably – hooker would possibly be the, the most games – I've got a photograph of him flying through the air like Superman to score a try. Down yeah, because he played a, played a bit on the wing, played a little bit on the wing and a bit of gaffer tape, a bit of the electrical tape around the head. But mm. uh, there's one for you, boys. Well done. You did very, very well. I didn't think you would many, get as many. How many did Don so, Mosley play? Oh, well, he didn't come up in the, in the stats. Oh, the the mm. oldest guy, of course, there was no nothing I could look at that gave me these stats. It was quite hard that gave me such a rundown. So names might pop up. Craig Wing was the one that if you type it in, his name popped up a lot and Luke Lewis popped up a lot. But uh, when I dug a little bit deeper, I found guys more, if we want to flash way back, um, Paul Sate might have been. He was a four or five position guy way back in the 70s, Paul Sate. Great 
Uh, Grady, yeah, I think he might have done the four or something like that, Sean. So I just I cut it. Yeah. I cut it at five because it could have gone on. But thanks, boys. Thanks for uh, having a little bit of fun nice. with the wheel. Mm-hmm. If we can move forward, I hope the doc is ready. Time once again for Review Preview. This week brought to you by the Kaiser Massage Trainer. <laughs> yes, gentlemen, an attractive, masculine and well-trained massage could still could still be yours with his wonderfully unique advice. Warned for just five minutes in the morning, the Kaiser Massage Trainer will have any massage trained into any shape desired. Assuring comfort and improved appearance, the Kaiser Massage Trainer is priced at just 50 cents. <coughs> All price to pay for the perfect massage. Beautiful. Thanks, Doc. Wow. Thanks. Just for <laughs> the Kaiser. The Kaiser. Because Hitler really crueled that. Oh, exactly, exactly where I was going. You wouldn't need to train Hitlers, would you? No, nah, but he crueled that as a as a fashion statement, didn't he? <laughs> Maybe that's what sent him on a, a rampage through the world. Is oh, he could not train his moustache, and that's why he saved up the size. Very true. Chaplin, Chaplin had stolen his thunder. Mm. Or, he couldn't, or he couldn't afford the 50 cents. Oh, Back in '36, mate, you could well, buy a bit with fifty cents. The inflation rate post World War One. Oh, that's right, the Depression. Yeah, so you know he needs a bloody whole heap of Deutschmarks to try to get a moustache trainer back then. That's it. You, you could buy a house. He <laughs> <laughs> could. Yeah. Yeah, they've given houses away, but the moustache trainer—that was price of premium. Okay, boys. Um, well, I'll I'll throw to you, Parky. The two games. Who, who do you want to start with? Not, not a worry. Just while well, I do, boys, I can't find Alan Wilson's height, but I hate the internet, and I've found that his son signed his lib brand, his birth flower, his aster, and morning glory. Can you believe that? <laughs> that's all you need to know. That's that's all you need to know, boys. We are going to start with <laughs> the real, the real rugby league and the big game. Rabbits, Waskley Rabbits, be the Sea Eagles. Suncorp Friday night, and there does not appear any changes to that starting 17. Mm, the week off? A, tick. Well, a good a good or bad thing. I mean, I think in Melbourne must have been just loving watching that game that, that uh, Hazard and um, Tara had. But conversely, Manly got through completely unscathed against the Chooks, and probably with a lot more momentum than South ever thought they would gain after their thrashing at the hands of Melbourne the week prior. Monty, the paper said they're flat track bullies. <laughs> Man, Amen. yes, yeah. I, there was talk of this. Oh, they haven't been the top four side, top five side. Of, hey, a few weeks back, they put Parramatta through the absolute. All. And Parramatta at that stage was sitting fourth. So think about your ass, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and it's it's I, I tell you, there's a, a bit of symmetry. The last four are the top four. Yes. Um, yes. And and we were all saying that you know the top six and no one else. But um, Parramatta was surprising. But um, Manly have got to lift another level, undoubtedly to take on the Rabbits because the Rabbits are a good, solid team and the work is won. 
and their their mistake rate isn't anywhere near as high as Manly's can be. Uh, they pulled that into check on the weekend. Maybe that's why Des was shitty, because he corrected a lot of things in that side that needed in, instant correction if they were going to compete against these. That's 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 the interesting thing, isn't it? It's it's yeah. you guys obviously corrected and improved, or is it that Melbourne are Melbourne? Um, did you last win a comp not ten years ago? Does that sound about right? Yes, yes. I'm going to say yes. Who was your six and seven, buddy? Exactly the same as they're there now. And mm. I've, seen, I've seen comparisons being made on the um, the Eagle forum um, between the two teams. What we had back then with Jamie Lyon in the centres, the centres were just extraordinary compared. Uh, across the park, there was uh, this team is equally as good, if not better, in some positions. But the centres were outstanding last time we were on the comp. Yeah, I thought that was quite amazing to be 10 years ago to have the same things. Uh, Ruben Garrick, 10 more points and he gets Hazem. And three Manly players have beaten nine sides in the points, Charlie. So well done, Manly. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible to think that they were like had a, a points difference of about minus 120 after four games. Eh? Mm. Yeah, no. Boys, what? Ta- ta- take a leap of faith with me and join me in the head of Des Hasler for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just want what the, the player that stands out to me in South is Cody Walker. How do they close down Cody and is it in Desi's thinking? And if it is, I imagine it is. What do they do with him? Well, do they do what sort of Melbourne did to Turbo a bit, you know, and try and turn him back in? You cut out his outside, especially on that left. Who, you know, who's on your Who's on your right? Morgan Harper, which is yeah, that's a little bit of a worry because Melbourne tore a new one through Olakawa to Hasler and Harper, and that's the side Walker will be running to. Yes, yeah, yeah but you saw. I mean, but they tried. they did improve. Yeah, East tried, but they just didn't have the quality. I mean that. Their centres have been makeshift over the last few weeks, right? Um, especially on that left-hand side. And poor Tupo hardly ever touched the ball in that last part of the season. Parky, I reckon you um you you need to get under his skin. Cause him under Cody's skin, yeah. Cause him to have a bit of a brain snap. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Sean. He's he's got that in him. Yeah, the same way Latrell has. Um, he's. Maybe, a, maybe a half-time yeah. takedown a la Lachlan Lewis. Because <laughs> <laughs> that worked. Bizarro world. Yeah, but, but who in the Manly side could do that? I mean, you've got some nigglers in there, haven't you? Oh, You'd send a no-name. You'd send a Lachlan Croker. I did say Someone nigger. like that. Yeah, or um, the power. The power can fire off a few words. Yeah. I don't think there's many sharp tongues in man. Or Dylan Walker, when he comes on, he's probably the only one. Yeah. Okay. What What about South? Well, South do what South do. Like the South haven't had. They just sort of go through the motions and do it very well. Am I right yeah. there? You hope whereas, Blake Taff nerves get to him. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Manly are more the fluctuations. Yeah. Uh, I mean. It's, yeah. Both games on the weekend, it, it all depends on how you start. 
they were asked. Yeah. We had a good start. You start a rugby league game well. You build momentum early. It's yours then to hold these days. So Manly were able to do that. Eastern get a look in and they tried everything, but they just, they just, as said before, there's no petrol left in the tank. Those guys have been running on empty for a long time and it finally gave way. I, I, can't, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the two best props in the game at the moment are Thomas Burgess and Mark Nichols. Mm. And, and they I, have been tearing it up for the last three or four weeks. So their go for is unbelievable. They're popping up in the right spot. They're scoring tries. Um, yeah, watch out, Manly, because uh, South Ford Pack, and it's not their back line or halves, South Ford Pack have been impressing me in the last sort of four, four to six weeks. Very much so. Manly's actual... Their props did very well. Kepi had a very good game. And Alloway, who I think has been pretty flat all season, did all right. Uh, Burgess's last game was a ball terror. Mark Nichols hasn't – he hasn't got a contract. Still. I, I, went through, I went through it all again today just for future reference, and I was just – I was gobsmacked. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I reckon he's one of the most underrated players this year. Okay, we we okay. I'll throw one to you, Mont. Were you saying that in round ten, uh, or is uh, it is it just no, he, the last few weeks that he's really come to the fore? He was I don't know. in the eye, but um, I think he's grown in confidence and he's and he's taking on um, a more dominant role in that. Well, he was captain, wasn't he? Yeah. And he was off contract, so that's always a, a that's uh, dangling the carrot. But yeah. Well, there you go, Balmain. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that South are going to get him again. I don't know. Well, the thing Very with, strange. The thing with the Rabbitohs is is the fact that we, everyone knows about their left side, but now there's the right side. And with Campbell Graham back in the side, and then, as Parky mentioned, the forwards, and, and Cameron Murray and Cook through the middle, like... Their service is that good, and, and and Cook can either find Murray, who's going to go out the back to the backs, or he's finding one of those forwards, hitting it up into a gap, or Cook himself is cutting out Murray and finding one of those forwards. So they got that many options in attack. That's how that's why they've been scoring so many points. It's not just limited to that left side, and I think even without Mitchell, um, they've got they've got a lot of strike power. A low-scoring game or high-scoring game? Uh, you'd have to say high, wouldn't you? I think Souths are going to score a lot of points. I, th- I think they both will. But they're not defensive giants either side. There's a lot of points in both both teams. Um, I'm mm. hoping it's high-scoring and I hope it's seesaws. And I hope it's yeah, okay. Well, here's one for Does high-scoring suit Manly more, Mon? I would think so. I haven't seen Manly. Well, they kept a couple of sides to nil, but flat track bullies, as you mentioned, so it doesn't mm. count. And South have done that. I mean, South, when they, if they open up, they drop their heads, as witnessed by a couple of their blowout um, score lines against them. I don't know. It's hard. It's very hard to pick. Too right. Well, let's. It's a tough one. It's it's head and heart for me. Both these games are head and heart. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, well, heart because Sea Eagles been so good. Their head, 
geez, I don't know, hard to hard to go against the rabbits with the week off. I, I okay. just don't know. So who are we going? Parky, you sticking with the rabbits? I'm actually I'm going heart on both games this weekend. I'm well, going I'm, I'm, I know your tips then. Yep, Sean. Yep. Um, I'm going to go Rabbitohs. Head. Yep, and Storm. Head. And gone early, Mont. Obviously, no need to talk about it. Well, I just yeah, I, I cannot go against Manly and South are brilliant, but uh, come on, the Eagles. That's not who I, I want to win. It's just who I think's going to win. I don't give a shit about this game as far as who wins. Uh, but I think Manly – I think if both play well, I think Manly win. I really do. And I think I think it'll be M's across the park if we go into the other one, but I'm also talking AFL. I think it's going to be M's, M's everywhere. Let's move to the second game, Parky, which is Cronulla Canterbury, which <laughs> is yes, in it. the Dragons playing the <laughs> Kelly Cowboy. Girl guides. Um, it is the Storm and the Panthers. I'll boys go the girl guides. Go the girl guides. Storm Panthers, four o'clock. Do not turn up at seven o'clock and blame the rugby league apologists. So mm-hmm. Brisbane, Suncorp, four o'clock. And the teams are such boys that we have at a car back. We have Brandon Smith. This is the one that I'm interested in. It cleared of a facial fracture, but. In the past, facial fractures have been – they're hard to play with, they tell me, not, not a bad one. Mm. But um, in in a contact sport, Jesus oh, Christ. You've you got know, to have it in the back of the mind, don't you? You've got to. We've, we've seen it in um, basketball quite a bit, the facial fractures with those. Yeah. Sort of Will he be wearing a Phantom of the Opera style? Yeah, maybe. Gun. Maybe. And the big one for the Panthers, To'o is um, included in the reserves. But, but you're um, kick, kick out cleared, I heard. Kick out cleared, but coming off, uh, likely to come off the bench. Mm. Do you reckon To'o will make it on? Oh, it's not sounding good. It, it's not. It's not. I'm, I'm locked into a house and just listen to sport radio all day. It's been, yeah. Because no one's saying, oh, he's definite. Put it that way. So, so the question is, why were they so unable to score points last week? I mean, it, is it down to sure. To'o? Sean, it wasn't just last week. Remember, um, last week was 64 minutes with no tries. The week before, 72 minutes with no tries. And Toto was gone then as well? Uh, he played one, but he shouldn't have come back, so they said. So he's, his yardage was way down in the 72-minute the one. Yeah, because what else can you uh, put I've, it down I've, to? I've just written, where's their flashy play going gone? Like, yeah. wow. I think they've just they're, – they're, like the Penrith-Parramatta game was great, but they're, they were pretty sterile attacks. But the top quite... yards, you know, 300 a game, playing off the back of that, that's given you a lot of, lot of momentum. Oh, he's a massive loss. Just even vibe, I reckon, Sean, you know? Yeah. I didn't like Cleary's kicking game last week. I thought that – it was good. It's always good. But it wasn't great. Like, he did a lot of Chad Townsend bombs, you know, just simple drops. And they were deep and they did all that. The one torpor bomb he did, um, they got a result off. Fergo had a bit of a spaz attack under it, didn't he? Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, Chil. Sorry. Well, well, you know both teams have great defence, so it's going to be down to the attack, isn't it? 
And the Storm, yeah, I think, I, do have an advantage. I think so, mate. The Penrith's timing seemed all over the place last week. They're, they're, oh. they're not they're not playing with that fluency that they had at the start of the year. You know, there's they oh, the trust maybe something. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's gone wrong, but they just the part of the mojo's subsided, hasn't it? And and does is Luai and Ty are they like Batman and Robin? Because Luai's he what's happened since Origin? Here's some stats for you, boys. Mm. Basically, leading up to Origin, rounds one to twelve, he's. 14 try assist, he's averaging 73 running metres. After Origin, four try assists, and he's averaging 46. Mm. Mm. He did try harder against Parramatta, but he didn't look as threatening against Parramatta. The week before, he was non-existent in the loss. I know. Here's my theory. Mm. Their go forward is down. Uh, the, the, I think the most disappointing player in the last four to six weeks um, has been James Fisher-Harris. Yeah, I knew you were going to say it. Now, is that the baby? Do we blame the baby? I, 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 why not? <laughs> if I could name him, I would. Or her. Um, I, I just think, and I don't blame him wholly and solely, but bringing in a, a like Pengai Jr., a like, you know, with Kikau, I, I don't think that's healthy for them either. I don't think that's healthy in the 17 for them. They're, they're like players. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're hit and miss. They're, you know, they're, if, if they didn't have Isaiah Yo in the last few weeks, they'd be in a lot worse. Oh, perfect, Parky. That is exactly right. Yo is still the guy. Yeah, he's, he's what about did, did Pengai Jr. come just wreck the – the vibe a little it bit. Could the, be, the mommy said the mojo. Yeah, it feels like the mojo is out. And they're it's, a very they're a very mojo side, aren't they? They it are. Does yeah. how tight they were, and everyone who was in the seventeen or just near it um, wanted to get on that park. And every time they got a game, they would play unbelievably well. I mean, they've what? got they had they've had a guy. Liam Martin, who's been on the bench forever, that played Origin. Yeah, and then it was like the Spencer Lee news of the world possibly got shafted, and um, I think he's an apologist favourite. That Isaac Tago. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like he was. A, I loved him off the bench. Yeah, um, so surely there's, there's disruption when you bring in a guy who's don't get me wrong, a, a bloody great player. But he was unwanted by one of the shittest clubs, shittest performing clubs this year. And it's not a bad little coin. I think he got like 150, which for like to play, you know, possibly four to five games. Don't forget that is Isaiah Papaliki's yearly contract. Mm. Uh, you know? Yeah. So that, that has to upset the apple cart in some way, shape, or form, doesn't it? If you've been I- training the house down and you're part of the squad and you, you whack this guy in who's coming from the enemy territory, uh, and now he's playing with us suddenly. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it's disruptive, surely. Oh, I don't think that's got anything to do with Luai and the way he's been underperforming. Mm-hmm. I, 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 he just He's not playing with that fluidity that he did and the carefree attitude. They were just playing footy. Yeah. And, and now he looks like he's really trying. You just said, Pahi, you know. He's yeah. trying hard, but he looks like he's trying hard. And what was um, different in the start of the year, it was effortless. 
that wasn't play, that wasn't trying hard. That was just playing. Well, if you look at the the Parramatta Penrith game again, it was great. But a, lo- a large part of it was because it was um, the reason it was great is I just don't think their attacks had any potency. Hmm. They they look good, but it was it looked quite easy to defend. Yeah, they wasn't. They couldn't there, ice the game the way they. Well, there there wasn't their ad lib. There yeah. wasn't, you know, and it's yeah. Mm. And so, unfortunately, on a, oh, sorry, mate. sorry, what are you going to say, Mont? No, you go, you go, mate. I was going to change the subject slightly. <laughs> Please, that's your role. Uh, and and unfortunately, uh, the downturn in penless form has uh, been contrasted by the storm finding form, and that. Yeah. Doesn't portend well for for Penrith, and I think with the Storm, I can see parallels with the All Blacks, and that is the speed too, and of the play the ball. Like the All Blacks are brilliant to the breakdown, and it's also an ability to capitalise on mistakes. So you remember the drop ball the week before by Harper for you guys, Mont? Yeah, oh, up was, by... um, every other side would have been caught with. You. 15 metres, they score off it. Yeah, Brilliant. the cheese scoops it up straight away, looks to link with support. And similarly, the All Blacks are genius at converting opposition mistakes into points. They don't set up for play after play. They're just there in numbers and they're, they're ready to pounce. So, And you oh. mentioned earlier too, the Storm lead the stats in line breaks, but it's more interestingly tone the decoy runs. It's honestly... I. Oh. They're amazing. If you, if we had access to slow mo stuff, mm. they're the side. They're the side to watch. Watch the guys that aren't touching the ball. Yeah, um, and, and you know, you, you know why they're so. Good. I swear, blind, they don't even know if they're going to get it. Possibly not. They just expect it's me or Kenny Bromwich. So one of us is getting it. Yeah, oh, be ready. We because, all know. You know. It's it's a great act. You know. Oh, good. It's like a good dummy. You know. Well, the two, the two tries that they, they scored the last game, mm. again, it was both that side. And as I said, they Ollam was the decoy. But Pappenhausen, first one was, a, I think it was a Munster rap. So he was the playmaker and he decided, I'm going to give it to Ollam. Bang, hit Kenny Bromwich, try. The next one was the Pappenhausen rap. He became the playmaker. He went, I'm going to give it to Bromwich. I'm going to give it to Ollam. And Ola Kawatu both times was on his heels. Yeah. And Pappenhausen just went, I can run through that gap because Hasler got – Hasler and that were looking – they were looking up and Pappenhausen's speed did it. They're just – ah, oh, just so good. And this I want to hate them, but I can't. Yeah, well, we, we've mm. all – you know, you play doesn't matter what sort of ball sport, you know, that – it's the willingness to work hard off the ball. That's always a great indicator of how a team's oh. going – and, and and we've mm. talked about the fitness factor as well last week. They must be so fit to be able to put that much in off the ball. And that's yeah. And there's, that's there's not many difference. that wouldn't play eighty. I don't think if you asked them. Mm. Mm. And that bench, man. I think I mentioned to you, Sean. And I was actually talking to Timmy, another mate of mine. Um, <laughs> and that, they had Kamakamika, Asafa Solomona, Nico Hines, and. Harry Grant. That was the bench. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I, I don't know, but I must be – Okay. Know, Talk about your heart. 
I, I must be on the tablets from the eighties because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at Penrith because, and and I've, I'm probably going to do it from a wallet because they've been no wider than three dollars all year. Mm. They are three dollars sixty for this match. They are five dollars now to win the comp, which. For all those punters out there, never, never bet on the rugby league, you know, more than any anywhere, more than the last two weeks of the comp because you're getting five dollars for Panthers now. Mm. I'm going to bet. That's it. You've just cracked it. I'm going to take the Panthers and I'm going to try to justify it as you do as a punter, right? Mm. And I'm going to have this theory that Brandon Smith is not okay. Ah. And I'm going to have the theory that uh, To'o may come back. And if he, if he doesn't, I think Cleary and Luai and the spectres of 2020 drive them to, this, drive them to the grand final and beat the storm in the week prior to when they were thinking that it would be. Because this has happened before this has happened when a, a dead set favourite has got to this stage, and the team has whooped them, and okay. and and at five dollars to win the comp, I'm on Panthers. Parky, a movie could be made of it. This is the Sting. Yep, <laughs> they have been. That's why Luai's been shit. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing the wrong with Potter. <laughs> They've just waited. Hey boys, we've been at three bucks. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Push it out. How do we get the biggest odds? Well, we lose the first. We play Melbourne. Fucking great idea. Right. Hands hands in. What? <laughs> Fisher has Love probably it. hasn't even had a child. I l- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. He he, ad- he adopted. Yeah, um, that's right. But I'm saying Melbourne by twenty plus. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Boys, Sean, Mon. Uh, I'm going Melbourne. Close or a lot? Uh, yeah, no, I'm thinking 16. Mm. Not? Oh, I'm hoping. I'm just hoping it's going to be close. So I'm going Melbourne by seven. Late drop goal to seal it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Parky, what, what are Penrith winning by? Four. Oh, in a tight one. Beautiful. Yep. Fantastic, boys. Thanks for review preview. Thanks to Doc, another character who might pop up at our awards night coming up. Well, I don't know if Fred Flintstone's going to be there, Shawnee, but... Uh... Yabba-dabba-doo! <laughs> um, we might have to get him there somehow. I don't know. He's got an, he's got an award named after him. Yeah, okay. Well, sort of. It's more Wilmer, actually. Yeah. So, unless you veto my choice of names. <laughs> well, okay. Well, welcome back to the Abba Bag. Um, we did uh, we we did not include it last week, and for that, apologies must uh, go out. Firstly, to Gaz, the Lancashire legend. Um, he he fell victim to time constraints, but I'm happy to say this week he gets the time he deserves. It is a cracker and may even be in the running for an award come gala mm-hmm. time next yeah. week. We'll have to see what he got comes... in just before the cutoff. Oh, yeah. We'll have, to, we'll have to see what comes back from the TV Week-style punters poll. So <laughs> he says, boys, jumping on your rules conversation from the week before, 
If the idea of changing the rules is to make it a better game for the punters like you and me, then maybe we should consider some rules for commentators. When I first watched the NRL in the 90s, Sterlow would talk about what's about to happen and who to look for. He added proper value to the broadcast and I loved listening to him. He's still the best. Now... It seems like Channel 9 commentators are tripping over themselves to either say something sycophantic or just repeat what the others have said. So, I'd like to introduce a 10 in the bin rule where commentators' mics are muted. Better still, (laughs) we see them walk to the back of the commentary box to sit on a cheap plastic chair for 10 minutes for the following offences. One, anyone that says... And that's what he can do. Fuck off. I know that's what he can do. I've just watched him do it. (laughs) Ten minutes, you wanker. (laughs) Two, anyone who big notes themselves. Basically, this is a Gus Gould thing. He takes ownership for things in the field that he has never had no influence over. Ten for you, you bloated potato-faced fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, three, anyone who says the next 20 minutes will be crucial. Every 20 minutes are crucial, you numb-nutted bellend. Ten minutes. <laughs> I love you, Gary. Four, another good thing. When he says, no, 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 it makes my blood boil. Another 10 for you, you melted wax effigy of a dog's ass. <laughs> okay. I'll pour myself a vodka and calm down. I'm sure you wise sages would have plenty more. Gaza, uh, the Lancashire yeah, legend. I'm, I'm going out on the limb here, boys, but there is an award pretty much uh, based around what Gary has said and now oh. hatred of most commentators. Sean, I'm 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 going to throw it out there. It, it could be called it could be called a Gaza. It could be called something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We might like um, There's a rumour, Sean, that he will be on the show. Is that true? Um. Yes, mate. Uh. Well, you know, it's the the invitation is standing, and he has RSVP'd. Um. He that's is, to Gary. That's to Gary, not Gus Gould. That's that's to Gary. That's right. And, <laughs> yeah. and he has been isolating. He is in our bubble. So. Beautiful. Um, well, actually, yeah. Gus will Gus will be there because he's one of the nominations. So. Yeah. Or he might be. I don't know. After that, he's definitely going to be. Well, we've, all, we've <laughs> organised a car for him, so I can't imagine why he wouldn't. Um, ah, fantastic. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, another short one. This is from a new listener, um, Paul, mm. the sand shoes guy. Uh, hey, guys, really enjoyed the podcast. Sand shoes, a surf spot down near in South Cronulla. Um, Hey guys, really enjoyed the podcast. Very refreshing. Great to listen to guys from outside the footy circle. So yeah, thank you. um, Thank you. Thanks, Paul, the Sanchez guy. He's actually the one that I got that little bit of information from about on the the building site regarding Curtis Scott there last week. He's the Uh Cronulla Miles. He's another one of my miles, that's right. Um, and I was just talking to Harry, highbrowed Harry, before he came on to air, and he said, by the way, what do you boys think is the plural of six again? Is it sixes again or six again? No. Six again. Sixes again is perhaps Parky, is that more grammatically uh, correct? Yes, that's grammatically correct would be sixes yeah. again. But it doesn't sound as good, does it? Yeah, we'll see that. No, no, no. Harry doesn't ask stupid questions. 
through his eyebrow. That's it. <laughs> oh, so I'm thank you. Into that. Thank you very much, guys. So that's nice and short and sweet. But I would like to take the opportunity again just to to say that production is well underway for our our extravaganza. There's no other word for it. Uh, next week. Yeah, this 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 could be a long one. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big big night. So yeah, yeah, we'll um we'll be looking to get it out. I think we're recording Tuesday, so we're hoping to get it out later in the week. There'll be a second episode which is de- dedicated solely to the grand final preview. Um, so look out for two yeah. two. Uh, yeah, if, if you're going to toss pieces. up which one to listen to, do the awards one. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. Get get your blankie ready. It's going to be a long one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that's it, Parky. Where can they uh, find out more about us? Oh, mate. Well, of course they can look us up at the Rugby League Apologists on Facebook, Instagram, and on the website, mate, therugbyleagueapologists.com. A lot nice. of good shit there. Nice one. So we're out of here, Tone. Well, I'd like to. I'll, I'll say my goodbyes now. Cause, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I've been a bit emotional through the week. That's mm. all I've got to say. Right. I will say to all our our viewers, as I might call them, uh, Sean and I, our friendship is still intact. It, it took a beating through the week. Uh, Sean lured me uh, outside my LGA. <laughs> Hang on, he lured um, you for a beating. <laughs> he did. Yeah, that's how he works. Not that's sure. how he works. Not sounding good. Um, well, if you call, no, I, if I you ha- put, call putting a blanket over his head and putting him in the boot of my car um, <laughs> to get him outside of his LGA, well then, yeah, that maybe that is luring. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I have to bring up. I have to bring up the ending of last week's show. Oh. Uh, Sean's attack on my good character <laughs> has resulted in legal action. Uh, in a groundbreaking court that? case, mate, you know exactly what it was. In a groundbreaking court case that was held this week at Sutherland Local Court, I was forced into suing Sean and NRLtips.com <laughs> for defamation of character. Now, sure, I am worried that this could backfire in my face. Sean, of course, being the man of means, uh, acquired the services of Chris Murphy mm. to represent him. I contacted Parky. I trust Parky. He put me in touch with legal advisor Dennis Denuto. <laughs> and uh, he thinks he thinks there's a glimmer of a of a chance for us. Uh, so we're gonna leave you tonight with a little excerpt. Uh, Sean snuck a recorder in there for us. Of course the podcast comes first, whatever yeah. happens. Yeah. Uh, from my lawyer mounting an airtight summation. Good night, boys. Be good. Sean, well, you can hit it whenever. Hopefully, see, we'll boys. see you next week, Tone. See you next week. Go manly, boys. I still love what you. What section of the Constitution has been breached? Section? Huh. What, what section? There is no one section. It's just the vibe of the thing. It's all part of it. This is what I'm getting at. That's my point. It's the, it's the vibe of it. Again, it... It's just the vibe of it. In summing up, it's the Constitution, it's Mabo, it's justice, it's law, it's the vibe, and uh, no, that's it, it's the vibe.
I rest my case. <laughs> that was sensational. <laughs> I, I think I'm a chance, boys. <laughs> I'll go. run with Tone. Tone, nice. I'm all in favour. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up, Parky. <laughs> oh, dear. All righty, guys. Uh, see you, fellas. Thank see you. you. See you, boys. Bye.